0: You are listening to the God Focused Life Podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Thompson, and my prayer is that every single listener will be inspired and challenged to be all that God has created you to be. Welcome to episode 15. This is actually a continuation of episode 14. These are tips on raising kids. I want to thank you for tuning in today. And as I said in part one, I am not a perfect parent. My husband does not claim to be a perfect parent. We just try our hardest to honor God, and we see our children as a gift from Him. And we see them as two people that the Lord has entrusted to our care, and um, we just want to raise them up according to the word, the best that we can. We've made mistakes along the way. We've learned from some of these mistakes. And I will also say that there are some things that I think we um, did a pretty good job at, and we're thankful that the Lord gave us His instructions because His way works. <laughs> so it's, it's taken some hard work and effort and determination on our side, and Um, you know, it, it, we just, when we follow God's formula, he honors it and he blesses us and he rewards us for doing things his way. Again, we're not perfect, but God is just so good and he's so kind. So, all right, let's dive in. I gave uh, five different tips in episode 14 in part one of this. So now we're going to uh, dive into maybe 10 or 11 in this one. And, uh, let's just dive in. So number six in this, um, in this series of tips is, um, we train our kids to worship God the way he tells us to worship. And I did that as um, the kids were young; we, we they were really small, and we would always have Bible time at night. But I also homeschooled, and we would start our day off with worship. And sometimes I would grab the computer, the laptop, and just put on a YouTube video of a worship artist or you know someone that we just loved their music, their song, and I trained my kids. That worship is not based on feeling or emotion. It is based on who God is and what he wants us to do. His word says to shout to God, to clap our hands, to dance for joy, to sing a song of praise to him. And I trained my children to do those things. And it was very, very important when they were little. There's a verse that says, you know, when we were young, we get the, uh, the law of Moses and when we're older, we get the grace of Christ. And, you know, I just apply that with the children. It is the law of Moses as they are learning because their brains need information of what to do, how to do it. And then they would worship that way. And I would say it was just really sweet. And, yes, I would I would hear them tell me that they were having, you know, a close relationship with the Lord. Or they would feel the Lord moving in their hearts. And they could feel the Lord, you know, speaking to them or whatever that was at the time that they really were encountering the Lord because the Lord responds to our worship. So even when we were in church and they were younger, we would make them raise their hands and we would make them, you know, clap or dance or whatever it was. And then if there was a Sunday that they weren't, Um, We would come home and I would open up the Bible and show them the scriptures again so that they knew it wasn't just me telling them to put on a show or for someone else to watch them worship. It's not about that. This is something, it is an offering of praise that we give to God. And it's very important. Something else I will add to that. Usually, for those who attend church with us, you will notice that we are sitting in the front of the church somewhere between the first and second rows. Why do we do that? Because I don't want my children or even ourselves, me or my husband, we don't want any of us to be distracted by what everybody else is or isn't doing. Because a lot of times other people aren't worshiping that same way, and I just wanted my children to just to see us and the worshipers on stage. And it's like, you know what? We're lifting our hands. We're going to do what God's asked us to do and not pay attention to anybody that's around us. It is the Lord's time. So uh, training the kids up in worship is very, very important. Um, number seven, I'm going to camp out here for a little bit because this is the power of influence. And there are many different subtitles under this, you know, or sub- however you want to say it, under this, the power of influence, because there's so many different things that influence our children, Um, whether it's their friends, whether it's teachers or movies. um, I mean, these could be bad or good, you know, it could be negative influences or positive influences, but um, other things like video games, maybe there are some abuses that they've gone through. Um, even the foods that they eat or drinks that they drink if they're caffeinated. So let's let's dive into these. I'm going to chop these up a little bit and talk about them. Friends. When our kids are little, sorry, but we choose our kids' friends. <laughs> we choose who they get to hang around and who they get to spend time with. Uh, we were a homeschooling family and there were reasons for that. We wanted our kids to be around like-minded kids. Studies show, um, and even in our homeschooling uh, uh, endeavors, when they're teaching the parents, we are learning about how the brain forms. And children are learning, 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 learning when they are little. We're always learning, absolutely. But when they are learning, they are Things are being uh, very uh, concrete and instilled in their sweet little minds when they are little and we want them, we actually want it to be around other families who raise the kids the same way. So for instance, the the joy of homeschooling is that we are like-minded. So if Lance and little Johnny are on the playground and they are, they, you know, they, you know, throw something at each other and there's an issue and we just see the two little boys coming and crying and then me and their mom, you know, we're standing together and when they come to us, the mom and I are going to be very like-minded because we're raising our kids according to the scriptures and we're going to hear both sides and we're going to be able to hear our children and hear the other ones. And this is what I think is beautiful. So let's say that Lance was the one to throw the shovel or throw the dirt or throw whatever, I will train my child up and say, Lance, that is not okay. You need to go apologize to little Johnny. And even if Lance, you know, on the flip side, say that little Johnny was the one that threw the shovel at Lance. Lance, you need to be a forgiver and you need to, you know, and it'll be like, I will help Lance to understand. Well, maybe Johnny wasn't happy about this, this, this. Why did he throw it at you? And you need to accept his apology because Johnny's mom is telling him the same thing. You need to apologize to Lance. Right. So we are all like-minded. The four of us or the two moms are working to train our kids in the way they should go. And then the two kids are learning whether they are the offender or the defender, (laughs) they're learning to um being trained, they're being trained up in God's way of, of settling disputes. And it's a beautiful thing because when I hear whether it, you know, if my child is somewhere else and I hear of little Johnny, and I don't even know who little Johnny is. And there's a squabble between Lance and little Johnny. And I don't know his parent. I don't know anything. I will automatically take the defense and I will try to defend my son. I will try to defend him. (laughs) And I will think, well, who is this little Johnny? And what kind of family does he come from? And I'm going to be very judgmental. But when I when we are all like-minded and we are doing this thing together, then that that causes me to not have that judgment or, you know, or to have, you know, and I'm not saying that I have that ugly attitude <laughs> towards people that I don't know. I don't mean it that way, but it is very easy when you don't know somebody. It is very easy to take your child's side rather than, um, you know, looking at it from both sides and at all angles. So I've enjoyed homeschooling for that. So friends, I just think it's very important that we are very involved. Now, as my kids get older, I have to see What is the influence that these friends are having on my kids, even as teenagers? Are they making my child happy, sad? Are they drawing them away from the Lord or bringing them to the Lord? Are they, you know, what kind of influence are kids having on my teenagers? I think it's very, very important. Now, while there may be, I mean, if it was, you know, a major situation, we may cut it off. Like, you will never see this person again. Or what we may do is tell our child, OK, for right now, I don't want you, you know, seeing so and so until you get your act together. You know, like when are you going to be X, Y, Z, whatever it is, you know, whatever, you know, better attitude or you know, more positive or honesty or whatever that looks like. Um, because we are trying to monitor our children's behavior and we want them to learn how to do life with the outside world when they're becoming, um, Adolescents, you know, preteen and teenagers, we want them to have experience with the world and have experience with other people that aren't like us. But they need to be able to control their responses to the outside world. So just because you know, as as we're getting older, and little Johnny is you know so far away, doesn't know the Lord or whatever, I want to be able to train Lance. Okay, how are you going to um, do life with Johnny? Because you're going to see him and you're going to be around him at some you know places. How are you going to uh, react to him and how are you going to maybe even minister to him? Or when little Johnny does something mean to you, what are you going to do to rise above that? So um, we just want to really walk with them and guide them in their friendships all you know, in their entire childhood. And, um, and we want them to experience those things in the world and know how to handle it so that when they are out of the house, then they are. Um, they've been trained up. So friends is a big thing. Something else is teachers when they are little. That's another reason why we chose to homeschool. Um, and even in our homeschooling community, there was one time when we were um, in a state that had their the um, homeschooling laws, um, they actually had public schools that offered classes for homeschooled kids, which was a great program. And for the most part in that particular co-op, uh, most of the uh, teachers there were Christians. There was one that was of a different um, religion than what what we were and, you know, than, um, you know, than then how we've been raised. And uh, I realized when I'm bringing my child to another co-op or to a school, I am saying this person, like this teacher, has authority over my child and that person can kind of take the place of me as their mom, right? They can guide them, direct them, say yes, say no, uh, monitor their behavior, uh, really instruct them. And I'm giving somebody else permission. Okay, so in this situation, when my kids were really, really small, and then there is another teacher who is not even of the same religion as I am, I just was not comfortable putting my kids under that. The other thing too is in this co op, since it was under public school, teachers weren't allowed to pray with my kids and they were small. And that was really even for my children. Now for me, I'm thinking, okay, well it's still, you know, they don't have to, you know, be like, you know, praying all the time. I mean, the Lord says pray without ceasing, but what I'm saying is like, they don't have to be around like this super religious where everybody just stops and prays every five minutes. I, you know, I don't, it, it doesn't have to be like this extreme religious experience. But it was interesting to see my kids come to me again. They were, oh, uh, probably second grade, maybe you know, um, first, second, maybe third, somewhere in that that time frame. And my kids came to me and said it. They did not like it because when they went to lunch and they don't pray, they didn't like that. And the fact that there weren't teachers that were starting the subjects with prayer, they didn't like it. So they actually went two weeks. And then they stopped. They didn't they didn't want that. So we decided, you know what, that's probably the best decision. So we gave it, and when I say two weeks, I mean two two days because co-ops was I think they were once a day. So anyway, so that has an influence, you know, with teachers and the way things are, you know, or organized and orchestrated. Movies, I don't think I have to go very deep into movies, they have an influence. Just trust me on that, they have an influence. And you need to think with your child, like maybe you see it as an adult and it's like not that big of a deal, but you got to get into your child's, you know, to, you know, walk in their shoes for a little bit because they're little and they've only lived one or two years. They don't understand, say, Jurassic Park with an angry dinosaur growling and screaming. It looks scary to them because they base things off of emotion and facial expressions not based on the knowledge that we have that dinosaurs don't live and this is just a movie and based on other things that we've seen you know we try to make it relative well our kids haven't experienced what we have so we need to be very 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 careful and give them very cautiously age appropriate uh, movies and entertainment and things and i would say i would throw books and things like that in there as well um because it has an influence some of the books that a lot of the kids were reading when our kids were little, I'm like, you know what? This is just gross. Like, you know what? That's not appropriate. (laughs) So we just, you know, we drew a line. Um, Something else too that can shape our kids, power of influence. I remember uh, early ages of video games and uh, the influence that that would have or the impact it would have on my kids and, um, and, or even screen time, even if it was watching movies for too long, there was a time when, when I was homeschooling and I started early in the morning. And sometimes my kids would either watch TV or play video games before school started. And I noticed because I was with my kids all the time, I noticed behavioral differences like something was changing, something was off. And then I put two and two together. Whenever they were having screen time before school, they were not able to pay attention the same way. Same thing with sugar. Um, this was in a time like early on where they may have fruit loops for breakfast. (laughs) My, 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 how, how things have changed throughout the years, but I just noticed they weren't able to pay attention. And then after having the fruit loops, they would get sleepy during class. And I'm like, we just started. It's only 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning, and you're already sleepy? This isn't okay. So um, things like that can alter our kids and and shape them and make them something that they don't need to be or they shouldn't be. Same thing with caffeine, the ups and downs, and just being like very, very energetic. That's not energy. That's a chemical that's making them act that way. Um, something else on a you know a, a pretty serious level that uh, that influences and shapes our kids, which it will get into the next uh, point of raising kids. But something else that shapes our kids are any kind of abuses that's happened to them, whether it's you know uh, physical abuse, sexual abuse, verbal abuse, maybe teasing, bullying, things like that that just shape who they are based on something horrible that's happened to them and it can literally alter their entire person. Their whole personality can change because of that and this just flows right into uh, number eight. So let me me tie up number seven. Uh, Just being aware as a parent to watch your children and to know these outside influences are going to make an impact and have an impact on our children and the way they grow up and even their personalities and character on who they are based on things that maybe we can control things that, um, we can, you know, even offer help. We can just, you know, break the, you know, like break ties with or whatever we need to do and st- or make some changes in our homes. But then let's just go on with, you know, um, uh, in, in talking about the abuses, the next thing that I would say is, Um, number eight is making sure that when we see things in our children to know it is okay for us as parents to reach out for help. And for number eight, I say, I, this is what I say, get five mentors or counselors, you know, one or two of them could even be a counselor, but have five people who are speaking into your children at the same time, especially when they are teenagers, um, get the counsel that you need. If you um, suspect or think that there's been anything that's happened to your child that's um, been abusive or something that's harms them or been hurtful, get them to counseling ASAP. They, you may look at them and say, no, they're normal. They are acting just fine. I'm telling you when things happen, something happens inside the brain, the, um, our protection is gone. Somebody's violated. Uh, somebody has hurt us. Somebody's done something that they, they shouldn't have done. And it literally changes the way we think it's the, it changes the, what we fear or our confidence levels or even our behaviors, um, or our, com- you know, being comfortable in situations. There are, there's just a, and the way one child responds to abuse, versus another child and the way they respond to abuse could be two totally different things. So you can't even compare the two children. Um, make sure that there are um, people in your life, and maybe it's somebody that you need to call to get advice on what do I do because I'm, I'm seeing this behavior in my child, I'm seeing this going on, and I just need some help. Have those people that are on I, I always say I, we have counselors on speed dial because when anybody in our home has an issue or something that we're just not being able to, you know, we're not able to work through, we need somebody else that has wisdom to help us. Um, So definitely do that. Teenage years are even more important because there are a lot of things that teenagers just won't come and talk to uh, their parents about. And I learned that not the hard way, but I, I did learn that through experience. And so I found youth pastors. I found youth leaders. I found other trusted moms that my kids are very, very close with their kids and they felt comfortable talking to, um, you know, this other mom. Um, I have relatives that my kids are free to talk to. And, um, there's just other things when they see other adults that line up with the word of God, because when they get to teenage years, they need some more, um, enforcement with, yes, we really do, you know, live according to the word, but they may have a different um, approach to it to, you know, to help our kids uh, flourish. So that's just so important to have those people. Um, Number nine, I would say that uh, it is so important that our kids know how to read the Bible on their own, that it's not just us reading it to them. It's not just them getting a dose of the Bible when they go to church Another plug for homeschooling. I love it because Bible is a part of their curriculum. It's just it's ingrained and uh, in them, and it's um, it's just threaded in their curriculum. And they it's part of their like right now. My daughter is doing a history class, and she has to do it along with the Bible. So she's learning history with the Bible. And they did that even in elementary years too. So that when they see Egypt and the Pharaohs, then they can see, wow, Moses, wow, the Pharaoh, and then they understand a little bit more of what Moses was going through, going to talk to the Pharaoh. (laughs) So it just makes it come alive. So, but you want to make sure that your kids are reading the Bible On their own, and they can start reading it, they can start researching, they can start finding um, concordances and other resources to help them understand. I love the Life Application Bible so they can read the notes if they're not understanding. If it sounds like God is so mean in the Old Testament, these notes that are in a Life Application Bible just put it into perspective to realize oh, this is why God is angry. Angry is very different than mean, right? So that's very important. And along with that, it's so important to journal. I want my ch- children, I've taught them from young ages to sit, read a verse, pray and ask God, what does, what is God trying to tell me in this verse? You know, and it could just be, you know, you know, love one another, (laughs) you know, or it could be something so simple. And I just want them to just sit and think about it for a minute to meditate on that verse, pray and ask God, God, what do you want me to do with this verse? And I teach them write down the verse or first write down the date, you know, the literally the date and the year that they are writing this down and write the uh, reference so I always say the address of the verse, where is this verse, what is it, and what is God saying to you in this verse? What, how, how are we supposed to live? What's God saying to us and how we're supposed to live? So that's very important. And then journaling other things like emotions and how we feel. There have been other times where I've played music, Christian music, where it's just no words, it's just instrumental, and they sit And they just sit and listen for the Lord to speak to them. And they just start writing. I tell them, just write whatever comes to your heart. Ask the Lord first, pray, ask the Lord, and just start writing. Because you just never know what the Holy Spirit wants to, uh, you know, um, give to them in that time. And then we take whatever they've written. Like when they were younger, I would read through it and say, okay, does this line up with God's word? Is what you're reading lining up? You know, they may be sitting there and they just feel this, wow, I really need to go do something really nice for our neighbor. They may really feel the, you know, the Lord impressing upon them that there's an elderly person that's down the road that just needs our help. And that is according to God's word. And wow, that could be the Lord speaking to you. So it's very important to write these things down and to be able to have reference for when they get older and they start looking back at what God's done throughout their life. Um, the last tip that I am going to leave you with is this, teaching your children how to pray out loud. And the reason I want my kids to pray out loud is because when we see throughout scripture, we see Jesus praying out loud over and over again. We literally read the words that he said when he's healing people. We see in the very beginning when God created heavens and the earth, it says that there was darkness, that the Holy Spirit was hovering over the darkness, And then God spoke the word and Jesus Christ is the word. That's what we see in John, uh, that he is the word. He was with God in the beginning. And when we see darkness in our lives, when we see a hard situation or maybe it's sickness or some need, and we can see that that's the darkness that's in our life. Well, what did God do over the darkness? He spoke, he spoke, and that's what I want my kids to understand is when we speak, the word of God, we speak the promises of God into our situations, then that situation is going to change. I always tell my kids this too. We might have these facts that, you know, maybe it's a diagnosis or maybe it's a, um, you know, it could be any any kind of situation. It could be a, a, someone that's very, very, very poor. And the Lord wants to say, you know what? I've got blessings for you. You know, the plans I have for you are for prosperity and not calamity. And when someone has a situation that looks hopeless, we can literally take God's word and his promises and speak over. And when uh, I I refer to this verse so much um, in Romans 12, chapter two, it says that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds and God's word will transform our minds. So just because we have facts doesn't mean that they have to stay facts because God's word can change those facts. He can bring healing. He can bring provision. He can bring restoration. He can bring hope in such a hopeless situation. So I teach my children to pray out loud, speak out loud. Don't just tell somebody, oh, I'll pray for you. You know, talk to them right then and say, can I pray for you right now? and pray for them, like open your mouth and pray for them. And we do this on, you know, in exercises where we do it together. I've taken them to conferences where there are other people that that is what they teach. That is literally the thing they teach is to go and minister to people in their community. And my kids, again, I'm not raising my kids. This whole topic is training our kids. So that's why I keep on um, you know, referring and, and telling you things that we've trained them to do is to find a complete stranger and ask, Hey, is there anything I could pray for you for? You know, I am just out and I just, you know, I'm, I'm just here wanting to, to pray. And uh, it's amazing because people are so touched seeing kids wanting to pray for them. And then as they get older, it's ingrained in them and they're not embarrassed when they see a need, they, they have this desire to fill a need And a lot of times that starts with prayer. So, okay, I hope this has blessed you. I hope this has helped you. Um, You know, again, I say this, I'm not a perfect parent, um, but these are just things that we've tried so hard to instill in our children. And I won't say, I will say this, our children are not perfect Our children have flaws and they have sins and they have to ask forgiveness, too. You know, we are all humans. We are all on planet Earth together and we are trying to uh, learn how to honor God and love him by reading his word and applying it to our lives, because we know that things go so much better for us when we do things God's way. So if you have enjoyed this podcast, if you have um, gotten anything out of it and it's been beneficial, I would just ask you to rate uh, this podcast, review it, and share it with others. Whenever you rate it, it helps it to come up on Google searches. So when people are looking for a God-focused podcast, something that would be beneficial in their uh, Christ walk, then it will, it'll pop up easier on their, on their searches. So, all right, guys, thank you so much for listening in and I hope you have a blessed day until next time.